Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full-time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jessie Tuggy, and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 91 of This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, I'm talking with Kathy Klein, founder of MedicareQuick.com, a resource for people to figure out how to navigate Medicare. She has a background in finance and financial planning and has spent probably way more time than anyone wants to learning the ins and outs of Medicare. Jesse is out this week, so I'll share a brief win, fail, and tip before we get into the interview with Kathy Klein. My win is that I changed my site early when I noticed my number going up, and that was instead of stacking old insulin and then getting frustrated. So my number came down shortly thereafter, so I'm pretty happy about that. But my fail is that I am forgetting to put my exercise mode on or stop my insulin while I'm decluttering or going on a walk, and then I end up needing more Smarties than I want to have to use for Lowe's. And for our tip this week, if you're confused about things that are important for living your best life... Find someone to help you through it. That goes for your finances, your mental health, your regular health, and yes, Medicare, which we're talking about next with our guest. And now, here's Kathy. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me to talk about Medicare and type 1 diabetes. Well, thanks for having me, Colleen. I really appreciate it. It is a subject that some people need type 1, you know, information. A lot of people need information about type 2, and I am so glad that you invited me to talk about type 1 because it, it it there are some nuances with Medicare. So thank you. Thank you. Could you give me the rundown of basically who you are and the role that diabetes plays in your life? Sure. My name is Kathy Klein and I'm the founder of Medicare Quick. And though I don't personally have diabetes. My grandfather did. So it does run in our family. And of course, working with Medicare insurance, I run across people with diabetes, both types, on a daily basis. Who's eligible for Medicare? People who have paid into the Medicare system for 40 quarters, 10 years, basically the same amount of time that you pay into Social Security, and who are 65 qualify for Medicare, but also people who are deemed disabled by Social Security receiving Social Security disability payments for two years are eligible for Medicare at any age. So there are more people, there are some people who are not 65-year-olds who are on Medicare. I've always considered Medicare to be this really confusing mess of stuff that I just don't think about because I'm not that old. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, it is confusing. You know, what always surprised me is how complicated and confusing they make this program for the majority of people are 65 and older, and they make it so complicated. Like, even the terminology, 
Like, for example, there are four parts of Medicare. There's Medicare Part A, that covers hospitalization. Medicare Part B covers your doctors. Medicare Part C is basically privatized Medicare, also known as Medicare Advantage. And then Medicare Part D is drug plan. But if you have a Medigap plan, Medicare Supplement plan, those plans are also by the letter. So it's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan F, plan G. And they don't mean the same thing. And so it it's hugely complicated. I mean, I was a financial advisor with a degree in finance when I first started working with Medicare, and I was completely confused. So imagine being 65 and having these terminologies that sound similar, but they're not, and trying to make a decision that could impact you for the rest of your life. Ugh. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. So this, this um, might not impact a lot of your listeners, but it certainly could impact a lot of your listeners' family members. And so I do appreciate you're getting the word out there about this somewhat complicated program that can be confusing. So I hear you have a class on Medicare. Could you kind of go over me like the main points of that and what type one diabetics need to know about Medicare in particular? I do have a class. The class that I have now is not focused on diabetes or type one. What I, and I have more than one class in my university. It's learnmedicareuniversity.com basically. But the main class and the one that everybody really needs to take when they get to that Medicare decision is called Making Medicare Decisions. And it gives information about what you would have to pay for if all you had was original Medicare. Because a lot of people think that if they have Medicare, they don't have any other costs. And that is not true. You actually can have unlimited costs on Medicare. So we talk about what your costs would be if you only had original Medicare. And then if you wanted to go with one of the other two programs, so there's Medicare Advantage, which is the privatized Medicare, what the pros and cons of Medicare Advantage are, and what the pros and cons of Medicare Supplement, also known as Medigap, are. So that's what that class talks about. And then I'm actually working on a class right now that is specific to people with diabetes. So it's not out yet. It's not ready yet. I'm working on the content, working on the slides, and I'll be very excited to add that to my Medicare University program. (laughs) Could you give us a little sneak peek of what's in it? Hmm. Well, one thing that's really important for your listeners, since they are type one, is, and I would suspect that I'm not a diabetes expert, so I'm going to ask you some questions if that's okay, Colleen. Sure. Would it be safe to say that if you have a pump, you are type one? Yes. Okay. So what a lot of people don't realize if they have a pump is that their medication, insulin, is covered by Medicare if you have a pump. If you do not have a pump, then until this year, <laughs> insulin wasn't covered. And so what would happen is it would it would either somewhat be covered under the drug plan 
or it would be covered in certain ways under Medicare Advantage. But for people who have a pump, after they pay their Part B deductible, which is $203, their insulin is covered at 100%. So many times people think that Medicare supplement plans are more expensive because Medicare supplement plans you have to pay for. And depending on where you live, depending on the plan that you want, it could range from $35 a month from a high deductible plan on up to two or $300 a month, depending on your age. And so a lot of people thought, well, I will get a Medicare Advantage plan because many of these plans are zero premium. But when you look at somebody who uses a pump, you're usually saving a ton of money by paying for the Medigap plan and putting the insulin under that plan and original Medicare rather than putting it through as a drug under the drug plan. Okay. Can we go back to the part where it's like, <laughs> if you have a pump, then your insulin is covered? Because like, what about all of the people who don't have pumps? Do they have to somehow prove that they're type 1 diabetic to be able to get the insulin covered? In order to get the insulin covered, it's my understanding that you either need a pump or you need inhaled insulin, I believe. I've never dealt with anybody who used inhaled insulin. I've only had clients who have used a pump. And if you are, if you do not use a pump, so it doesn't matter if you're type one or type two, Medicare doesn't, they don't distinguish it that way. They distinguish, do you use a pump or do you not? So this year, 2021, January, Medicare came out with a program that program is called the Part D Senior Savings Model. And that program, if you are eligible, gives you supplemental benefits that cover insulin at a maximum cost of $35 a month. Okay, and so this is where like the $35 thing from the previous administration came in. Correct. But it Okay. That, that is for but it doesn't apply to pumps or inhaled insulin. And probably because it's actually less expensive, or it was, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to compare it against the $35 a month because with original Medicare part, part B, you do have to pay a deductible. So that deductible this year is $203. And then after that, all of your approved Medicare expenses are covered at a hundred percent if you have a plan G supplement plan. Okay. So, so it sounds like the, the $203, that is still less than the uninsured cost of a <laughs> bottle of insulin. <laughs> Absolutely. That's And see, this is why I wanted to get the information out to your listeners and, and especially your listeners that have family members who might be turning 65 and might not understand that a Medigap plan for them might be a better choice than a Medicare Advantage plan due to the cost of medications. And also the fact that once you, if you have a Medigap plan G, once you hit that $203 deductible, all your doctor's visits, all of your hospital visits, all of your insulin, that's covered at 100%. So you don't want to, what's the term? Bend over dollars to pick up pennies or something like that, or uh, step on like dollars, that. or so, I, I don't know what the exact phrase is, but 
you do want to do an analysis and really understand what you would be giving up if you gave up original Medicare to go to a Medicare Advantage plan. And by the way, Colleen, I, I work with both types. I work with Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement. But my goal is to help people navigate this really complicated world of Medicare and pick the plan that's going to be right for them. Because if you make the wrong choice, you might not be able to get a Medicare supplement plan in the future because Medicare supplement plans can discriminate against you based on your health. And trust me, diabetes (laughs) is a health issue that they will discriminate against you because of. So you need to, when you're first eligible, either at age 65 or when you are leaving your job, because people can keep their jobs. They, you know, people can work past age 65. They can keep their employer coverage. And if that's you, then when you terminate employment, retire, whatever, then you have 60 days, basically about two months to get whatever kind of insurance you want. You can either get the Medicare supplement or the Medicare Advantage. And if you choose the wrong one, you might not ever be able to get Medicare supplement in the future because of your health. And they don't care if you pick the wrong one. There's like no recourse. Unfortunately, no. And the reason why I... So I'll t- you, you ready for a little story? Sure. <laughs> okay. So my husband is a lot older than me. He is 20 years older than me. So when he turned 65, he started... Well, before he turned 65, about six months before his birthday, he started getting what I call Medicare mail, which is a ton of mail. So for you listeners that have parents or grandparents that are turning 65, all of a sudden they get this four inch stack of mail from everybody trying to sell them a Medicare plan. And so when my husband was ready to buy his plan. He did a lot of research. He's an engineer. So I don't know if you know any engineers, but they like to do a lot of research. I am an engineer. Oh, so you like to do research. Exactly. So many engineers will, we call it analysis or paralysis by analysis. (laughs) You like to do a lot of research. Well, he's an engineer too, just like you. And he knew what he wanted. He knew he wanted a Medigap plan. And at the time, he could get a plan F. Those plans are no longer available to people turning 65 because they covered everything. There was no deductible. And so the government thinks that people who don't have deductibles might overutilize care. So they don't allow it anymore for new, newly eligible people. So anyway- People are getting more healthy. Let's not (laughs) let them take advantage of this at all. We're just going to- you know, pay for their <laughs> medical problems down the line. Exactly. Well, the good news is, is that the Part B deductible is small. It's only $203. So it, there's not a huge difference between the old Plan Fs and the Plan Gs. It's, it's just that $203 deductible. But yes, I, I tend to agree with you, Colleen. <laughs> but anyway, so he reached to the bottom of that stack and pulled out the first person who contacted him about Medicare. And I'll fast forward. What happened was the guy really wasn't a Medicare expert. He was just some insurance guy who sold Medicare on the side. And he told my husband that because he didn't take any medications, he did not need a drug plan. And so fast forward five years later, I'm looking at my dad's medications and my dad had Parkinson's and I asked, you know, being a, I was a financial advisor. And so being a financial advisor, I'm never 
I'm bold about asking people about money. (laughs) So I'm totally inappropriate, but this is, this is what I do. So I asked my stepmother, Hey, wow, that's a lot of medication. If he didn't have your plan, how much would that cost on Medicare? And she said, I don't know, maybe about 5,000 a month. And so my jaw hit the floor and I thought, oh my goodness, my husband and I have done a good job at financial planning, but I did not factor in $5,000 a month for medications. And so as soon as I got home, I started doing research and that's when I realized how complicated it was. Like I said, I have a degree in finance and I could not make heads nor tails out of this stuff. And so I started doing more and more research and found out that he has a penalty. A penalty was building up because he didn't buy this drug plan that he didn't need. And by the time we were able to buy it, because you can't just buy it whenever you want, you have to buy these things during an annual election period. And so by the time he was able to buy it, we now pay more in penalties than we do for the plan itself. And this will happen for the rest of his life. The penalties go up each year because they're based on the, I forget what they call it, but it's basically the national average drug plan cost, not the plan that he's actually buying. It's complicated, Colleen. It is complicated. (laughs) (laughs) It's very complicated. So that's how I got into this business. I forget what your original question was, but it was really just like, what are the main points of your class? But this was a great (laughs) tangent because like, holy crap. (laughs) It is crazy. It is crazy. These are what your parents and grandparents are dealing with. And many of the people that are selling these plans don't understand the nuances. When I first discovered that if you had a pump, your insulin was free I started, well, not free because it's, you have to pay the Part B premium, right? But if you have the right plan, if you have a Medigap plan instead of a Medicare Advantage plan, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops because I had a lot of clients who had diabetes who wanted Medicare Advantage plans because they thought it was less expensive. Now, granted, they didn't have type one. Okay. It does matter that you have, you have to have a pump for this to work. So for your listeners who don't have a pump, unfortunately, you're not going to get the insulin. You're not going to get the quote unquote free insulin, but they do at least now have the program for $35, which they didn't have in the past. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of people choose not to get on pumps just because they prefer multiple daily injections and that's, that's fine. But I get, does Medicare also cover the pump itself? Like if... Someone's turning 65 and they want to do this whole thing where they get the pump and then they get the insulin for, for quote unquote free. Like, how would they go about that? Does Medicare cover the pump itself? Medicare does. There is a 20, and this is another reason why you would want to compare Medicare Advantage to Medicare Supplement. So under a Medicare Advantage plan, you're likely going to pay 20% of the cost of the pump. Most plans, durable medical equipment, which is what pumps are, you're going to pay 20% up to the maximum amount of pocket. So whatever that maximum amount of pocket is, it could be $6,750. It could be $2,000. There is a limit. If you have a PPO, I've seen seen it at $10,000. But if you have a Medicare, original Medicare with a Medigap plan, gee, 
your cost is going to be up to $203 for the deductible. And then your supplement plan is going to cover that 20% for the durable medical equipment. So yes, the pump is included under Medicare. All right. So listeners, if you don't have a pump, you're turning 65 and you want quote unquote free insulin, get a pump. (laughs) (laughs) If it's medically viable, if that is what your doctor recommends, right? Because we're not giving medical advice here. (laughs) Right. No no medical advice, but as your friend, it will be less expensive. As your friend, (laughs) pumps are amazing. (laughs) Changed my life. I've actually been on a pump for almost 20 years. So I really totally love the pump. Okay. And it seems to me that it would make it a lot easier if you had one. Does it, how does the pump work? Does it just give it to you at certain time periods or does it know when you need it? How does that work? It depends on the pump. So my pump will, so I have a basically my own basal profile. So it does basal insulin for a specific rate of insulin for however many minutes. But then I also have, it's an algorithm called Control IQ, and this is the Tandem T-Slim pump, where it will read my blood sugar from my Dexcom G6 sensor, and then it will change my basal rate depending on what my blood sugar is. So it'll turn off insulin if it gets too low, and it'll turn on insulin if it gets too high. And then there's other pumps that have similar technology like Medtronic's auto mode. So it all kind of works together, but it's not it's not really uh, you determine what your basal rate is anymore, especially with these closed looped ones, because when you have the sensor data, it's so much better. It seems like that would be the best way to do it because then it, you can't make a mistake. Well, <laughs> we can oh, still can't? override stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to though? Why would you want to override something? Like so you can eat a big piece of chocolate cake or something or what? I'm assuming you maybe. still have to watch your diet. Right. You still- oh, yeah. Yeah. I eat low carb. And so that helps a lot with my blood sugar. But sometimes I will override it because I know something that the pump doesn't. And it's not something that I can like input into the pump. So I might oh. be going on a walk for a lot longer than my pump's exercise mode will be able to take care of me for. And so I might actually just turn off my insulin way ahead of it instead. So there's just little nuances that you have to you learn over time when you have pumps. And it's I never follow the instructions straight out of the box because it just doesn't work like that. Oh, but but there are valid reasons to override. There are valid reasons. Doctors who don't have familiarity with pumps may disagree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like any doctor who prescribed it, though, should know how it works, right? You would hope so. That is not the think. case. Okay. How do you know that your doctor... I know we're going way off on tangents here, <laughs> but... How do you know that your doctor knows? What do you ask your doctor to find out if your doctor knows these things? Well, it would be really it would really be questions along the lines of what do they know about all of the different types of pumps? Because that question will tell you whether or not a pump manufacturer is telling them to sell their pump or not. So a lot of a lot of practices or clinics are like paid by Medtronic to promote the Medtronic pumps. And so if you ask about the T-Slim or if you ask about the Omnipod, they'll redirect you back to the Medtronic. So you want to be oh. you want to be asking questions about all of the, the different pumps and the pros and cons of all of them instead of like honing, honing in on the specific pump that that doctor is telling you to get. So basically use a checklist or a, a fill in the blank kind of form to compare the f- pumps. Don't just believe what your doctor's saying. 
yes, do not believe what your doctor is saying. <laughs> Question everything. And we actually did an episode on the different pumps, like doing pros and cons of each of them. And we did the same for the sensors. So our listeners, you guys can go back and listen to those episodes to get different questions to ask your doctors if you're looking at getting any of the pumps. That's great. That is a fantastic service that you are providing to your listeners. I love it. I love it. And that brings us, so I want to make sure that I don't overlook when you are getting your insulin, if you are using this little trick that I'm telling your listeners about, you need to make sure that your pharmacist is billing it under part B, B like boy, not D like drug. Because the pharmacist might be billing it incorrectly. So you do need to make sure that you specify to your pharmacist, this is for my pump and it needs to go under part B of Medicare. And if the pharmacist doesn't know how to do that, then you might want to shop around and find the right pharmacist. That also raises the point of making sure that you pay attention to your explanation of benefits. Absolutely. Because I've, I've gotten EOBs where it's charged wrong. And so I have to call either the insurance company or the person who charged it to have it rerun. Well, you know, nobody is perfect. People do make mistakes. And when you're talking about something like this, like, like insulin, let's face it, the majority of diabetics are type two, right? And so you get into a mode of this is how I do it. 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 And unless someone says stop, they're going to do it the way they always have done it. So you do need to take control of not only your health, but your finances, because this can be big money. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Advocate for yourself. Nobody else is going to do this work. You guys have to do the work yourselves to make sure that you're getting what you need. Exactly. But do help your parents and grandparents because they probably need some help. So if you do know that your parents, grandparents do use a pump, have that conversation with them so that, especially when you're older and you're not working, money becomes very important. I mean, every little bit matters when you are not working, when you cannot increase your income you know, like you and I, Colleen, we could work some more hours, we could take another another job, we could, you know, there's a myriad of things, we could get a side gig. There's a lot of things that we can do to increase our income. But when you are 65, 70, 75 years old, there's, let's face it, there's not a lot of extra things that you can do to increase your income after you've retired. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the questions that I did have prepared. <laughs> Uh, so what are some common questions that you get about Medicare and type 1 diabetes in, in particular? I think we've the main thing is how are my drugs going to be covered? So as you know, most people who have diabetes take a multiple of drugs. It's not just insulin that most diabetics take. So the other drugs, the non-insulin is going to be covered under part D, D like dog. Unfortunately, now, some, some of these medications are very inexpensive, like metformin. That's really inexpensive. But some of them, especially newer medications, can be expensive. There is something that Medicare drug plans have that is probably going to sound foreign to you, Colleen, and that is the donut hole. And it is not delicious little donuts that you eat. It is really 
a something that causes a lot of dread among people on Medicare. And here's how it works. When you go on Medicare, the way that your drugs are covered is completely different from what you and I know. And that's because the insurance companies, okay, so so let's let's start off with a deductible. You know what a deductible is. You've had a deductible before. Medicare drug plans also have deductibles. And Medicare sets that maximum deductible for the year every year. This year, it's, I don't know, $435, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to try not to use numbers because I always have to look these up. Numbers kind of fly out of my brain. Once I was no longer a financial advisor, I didn't want to have to remember numbers anymore. But here we go. So I have them written down. But anyway, so there's a small deductible. Once you hit that deductible, you're then going to pay your co-pays or co-insurance amount. So you've got tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five, and tier six drugs. And as you get higher on that number, generally, they're more expensive, right? So you're with me so far. I am. Okay. Now, here's where it gets a little wonky. Once you hit a certain threshold of dollars spent, not just by you, but by the insurance company too, all those tier one through six copays go out the window, and now you pay 25% of the cost of the drug. So let me give you an example using myself, because I don't know what your drugs cost, but I know what one of my drugs is, and I use an EpiPen. So EpiPens retail are about 1500 bucks. My copay is 300, I'm sorry, it's $100. So if I go buy an EpiPen, I'm going to pay $100, but the insurance company is spending $1,400. The threshold for the, you know, the donut hole threshold is, I think it's $4,130, okay? What that means is if I buy three EpiPens, I have now spent $300, right? But the total spent is over that $4,100 and blah, blah, blah. It's... 4500 or whatever. The next time I go to buy an EpiPen, my copay is going to go from $100 to $375. Because $375 is is uh, 25% of $1500. If I've done my math correctly, which I may not have, but I believe I have. <laughs> and I'm going to have to continue to pay that until I hit the catastrophic coverage, which is $6,550. So once I have spent $6,550, then my copays change to the greater of 5% of the cost of the drug or $3.70 for generics or $9.70 for other drugs. Okay. But what I want you to understand is it's a lot easier to get into the donut hole because they're tracking what the insurance company spends than it is to get out of the donut hole because to get out, they're only tracking what I spend. I know. Doesn't seem fair. I like have so many angry thoughts (laughs) about insurance in general and now this, but I have to ask, why is it called the donut hole? Because when you're in it, so, so for the listener, I know you can't see this, but I'm holding up my hands in a round circle When you're in it, when you're in that donut hole, they're not paying, okay? It used to be that the insurance companies paid less than they do now. So they have shrunk that donut hole. This is 
as good as it is going to get where you pay 25% of the cost. You used to pay a lot more than 25% of the cost. And so that's why they called it the donut hole because basically the insurance companies weren't paying while you were in it. You were in this hole. Because So imagine a donut. When you're on the side of the donut that you can eat, the insurance company is paying something. And then there's the part where they don't pay. And then when you get out of it to the other side that you can eat again, they're paying something. So that's why they call it the donut hole. But that's not the official word. The official word is initial coverage limit and catastrophic coverage. I don't know. I can never remember these things. Donut hole is just a lot easier to remember. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, with, with <laughs> alternatives like that, I would rather say donut hole. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not delicious. It is not delicious by any stretch of the imagination. You do not want to hit the donut hole, but many people do. And many people with diabetes hit that donut hole. The main thing wow. to remember is costs go up. Costs oh, go up. Costs go. Cost, not costs go, but costs <laughs> oh. go up. <laughs> well, I was just thinking because Costco has this uh, like pharmacy plan where you can get discounted, like a little, I think it's discounted insulin, discounted Dexcom sensors, and discounted something else. I think Libre sensors is something they do as well. So that's yes, great. Costco, the store, and also costs, <laughs> your costs will go up. <laughs> Oh, and there's another thing I should tell you. Many of these programs that you can go on and that I can go on, because remember I told you the story about my EpiPen? Actually, the last time I bought an EpiPen, it was free because I got a coupon from the manufacturer that covered my my uh, copay, right? Guess what? No, almost none of those programs work once you're on Medicare. I know. Because they got to make money. I know, which is sad because... These are people who often can least afford it, and yet they don't qualify for many of these programs that waive copays. Uh, again, so many angry thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you have to look forward to. So hopefully you're doing some financial planning in advance to help cover some of these costs that you will have. Who knows what Medicare will look like by the time that you and I are on Medicare. But right now, this is what it looks like. All right. Well, with all of that really interesting, like it actually is super fascinating, but also like, why is this a thing? So thank you for covering all of that. And I just want to ask, do you have any uh, specific projects that you're working on that you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, my main project I'm working on right now is my class for people with diabetes and Medicare. Yes, that is what I'm working on right now. Unfortunately, it's it's not anywhere near rolled out. It's still in the design phase, but that is what I'm working on right now. And thank you for asking. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think it's a much needed program. Now, it won't be specific to type one. However, there will be type one portions of that class specifically addressing the pump issue and talking more about the new program for $35. And hopefully that'll stick. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that that won't go away, but if I need to update it over time, I will. And um, when you do release that, please let me know. And then we can give it a shout out on the podcast to make sure people know about it. That'd be great. And by the way, my classes are free to Medicare Ooh. beneficiaries. I don't, I, I don't charge people for them. So but, yeah, specifically but yes. for people on Medicare? 
people on Medicare or people who are looking to go on Medicare or powers of attorney. I do have uh, classes that I'm working on for people who sell insurance because I don't think that they should get all of my best stuff for free. So I I do plan on charging (laughs) people who want to sell Medicare-related insurance. As one does. (laughs) (laughs) Because let's face it, they become my competitor. That's true. (laughs) But I do know that they listen to my stuff. So, All right. So if people want to reach out to you to learn more about your classes, about what you're doing, where can they find you online? They can find me at medicarequick.com and all of my social, everything social is on there. I am not on some of the platforms. You know, I don't have an iPhone, so you won't hear me on the new, what's it called? Clubhouse. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm an Android user, so I'm not represent. (laughs) Thank you. I'm like... (laughs) What's wrong with Android? You know, why can't we be part of this club? So, but I also have my own podcast. It is not about Medicare. It is about retirement lifestyle. So probably also, probably not a lot of your listeners listening, but for those who are interested, it is called Rock Your Retirement. Just got to say, that's an awesome podcast title. Thank you. (laughs) 2016. So we've been around for a while. Awesome. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. So Kathy, I want to say again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Colleen. I'm so glad that we were able to get some of this information out to your listeners and their families. Our question for you guys this week is, did you know about any of this in Medicare? What are your questions about this convoluted system that opens up to us at age 65? Let us know in the comments. And that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. Thank you so much to Kathy for coming on as a guest to the show. You can find her on medicarequick.com or on her podcast, which is called Rock Your Retirement. And you can find links to both of those in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 91. That's the number 91. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please fill out the form on our podcast page at thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I have a Facebook group where I coach people for free in the comments, and I go live on most Saturdays. You can join Life and Mindset Coaching by visiting the link in the show notes. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward. I'm on the Diabetes app as at Colleen Mitchell. And our email is Colleen at InspiredForward.com. Jesse's on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.